Hi, this is Taylor. And this is Ash. And welcome back to Freaky Geeky. Here for another episode of True Crime Fun. I have a case that I actually, like, really... Has really interested me since I first heard about it on Forensic Files. Um, And then I found out more about it, and I really liked it. And my true crime calendar that I got... uh, Not sponsored. (laughs) But... um, actually had the whole story so i was like i should share it it's about it's it's a sign so we're gonna talk about um the list family and ah yes yes and uh john e meal list who um is the center of the crime um but basically john and his family lived in westfield new jersey and john was a very respectable man um, and he had a wife, uh, and three teenage children, and they lived in this beautiful mansion in Westfield, New Jersey. They were a respectful, like, religious family. Nobody had anything ever bad to say about them. Like, they were just your normal, average family. It's all kind of always how it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because literally, like, when I heard about this family, like, you would think they were just... This perfect, happy family. Um, You know, dad had a good job. They had three kids with good grades. Like, mom was a stay-at-home mother. Like, you know. um, It was just, you know. Nothing seemed off about the family at all. And actually, my grandfather is from Westfield, New Jersey. What is this? That's another weird connection. I know, it's so odd. I, I don't know how it keeps happening. But, um... My grandfather's from there, and my his brother, my great uncle, still lives there. Um, and they were around during the time that this crime happened in New Jersey. And uh, when I asked my grandfather about it, because his memories, you know, he's in his 80s. It's a little shoddy, but he does remember the List family. He said, they were just average people. He's like, it's absolutely crazy what that man did. He's like, I went to church with him. Oh my god. Yeah, he's like, I went to church with that family. And I was like... Excuse me? <laughs> I was like, but literally, we could, like, my grandfather's the type of person you could go anywhere and he would know somebody. Like, he's just one of those people. Well, to be fair, you inherited that from him. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's so weird. Like, we'd go out to lunch, like, he would just know everybody. Everybody. He just, it's weird. It's so weird. But anyway. Is it weird? It's weird! <laughs> <laughs> it's freaky. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Wow, we are on some shit today. Yeah, we are, yeah, not, sorry guys, we're slap happy. We're here. Um, (laughs) so, other than (laughs) the beginning of the crime and everything, and the family just being this average, religious, normal family, um, John had a job as an accountant, and, um, he had very conservative views. He had highly religious views. Um, and issues started to arise within the family. Kind of like, you know, under the cover, like under wraps. Like nobody knew about it, mm-hmm. but it was like things inside the family. Oh yeah, especially when it's a family of prestige and they always keep their internal issues really hush-hush. Yeah. Well, his teenage daughter, um, Patricia wanted to be an actress. She said she wanted to move to California, be an actress. 
Um, and John. What year was this? Uh, this was in 1971. Okay. This was um 60s into 70s, <clears throat> like, um, but Patricia wanted to be an actor, an actress, and John did not like that very much. Um, he thought it was sinful, and he didn't think it was a real job, um, things like that. He he had problems with the way that his children were trying to, like, kind of branch off from the family and do their own thing, kind of. Like, you know, normal growing up stuff, mm-hmm. but he didn't like the paths they were taking. So... In 1971, um, John lost his job as an accountant. Oh, no. And started having money troubles. Um, You hear that a lot with Familicide. Well, they lived in this giant Victorian mansion in in Westfield. Um, It had 19 rooms. Okay. I mean, this place was huge. Um. And he was $11,000 behind on the mortgage payments. Oh, just, just 11000 Yeah. So, um, the mansion, actually, it's called Breeze Knoll. Um, and... I think I have heard this story, because I keep yeah. trying to think. Breeze Knoll was the name of the mansion that they lived in. Um, unfortunately, like, it got... It was subject to arson quite some years oh. down the road. Uh, and burnt down. Um... <clears throat> So it's no longer there standing. If it was, that'd be one hell of a place to see. Like honestly, probably haunted as shit too. Um, my grandfather said it was the one, the most beautiful home in that town. Like, it was. You know, he grew up there. He was born and raised in New Jersey. So, um, he said it was one of the most beautiful houses. Like, and the only reason the the list family could afford it was because of John's job as an accountant. Right. Well, cuz you said the wife didn't work either. The wife didn't work, no. So it was as you know, because John was very conservative, he didn't want his wife to work. Her right. job was to cook, clean, take care of the kids, all right. that fun stuff. But um but in the home with him lived his mother Alma, who lived in the upstairs. Um his wife Helen and their three teenage children, John Jr., Patricia, and Frederick. Um, but after John lost his job and became behind on money payments, he would get up every morning, get dressed, and pretend to leave for work, and then spent the day reading newspapers at the train station. Oh, shit. So did his family not know he no. lost his job? No, they didn't know. Um, and that's why he ended up $11,000. All right, Casey Anthony. Yeah, right. Um but he would spend the days at the train station reading newspapers and then returning home in the evening like he was at work. Oh. Okay. Um, and instead of finding another job, uh, John skimmed money from his bank, his mother's bank accounts. Because that's what we do. And literally his family was blissfully unaware. They had no idea. They had not a clue. Um... And as the financial pressure grew, he wanted a way out. Mm -hmm. And it's just, this this case blows my mind because of just, why? Couldn't you just find another job? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he couldn't admit to his family that he lost his job because he felt 
it hit him and his mm-hmm. ego. Right, I was about to say, it's a pride thing. And he was like, I lost it. Like, it was shameful to him that he was going to lose his job and um, not be able to provide for his family. And he couldn't tell them because he was ashamed. And he didn't want to say because of his pride. So, right. um, but on November 9th, 1971, he took action to get out of the situation. Um, so while his children were at school, John shot his wife, Helen, in the back of the head. And then his mother above her left eye. Jesus. Um, when Patricia and Frederick returned home from school, he shot each of them in the back of the head. I just, why? Yeah. Um, this is, this, this creeped me out just a little bit. But then John made lunch drove to the bank to close his and his mother's accounts and made his way to the Westfield High School where John Jr. was playing a soccer game. Oh, no. And watched the soccer game. And when they got home, uh, John shot his son more than 10 times. What the hell? As John Jr. struggled to fight off the attack. So he had to shoot him multiple times. Oh, my God. And the sad thing is, like, by this point... He's had plenty of time to sit there and think about what he's done to the rest of the family and change his mind. Yeah. And I think, honestly, and they didn't say, but I think he thought it out. Like, to him, killing his family was easier than admitting that he lost his job. And that's fucking crazy. That's sad as hell is what it is. No, it is. It's, it's, I I can't. Could you imagine? No, I can't wrap my head around it at all. Like, killing my family I mean, is, uh, like, like... We've all it, lost a job or two, or at least... Yeah, and struggled. But, like, you go home, you get sad, you drink a bottle of wine, bitch about it, and then go job hunting, you know? Yeah, and, like, <laughs> that's the whole thing, is, like, what, at what point was he going to be, like, I lost my job... Like, but what, at what point did it reach, I have to kill my family? Yeah, it's really zero like, to a hundred. I don't yeah, understand like the... that. Like, that. It was, like, literally. Boom. So, this is where things get a little, little weirder with the case. Um, after he murdered everybody in the house, um, he, he moved the bodies of his wife and children to the mansion's ballroom and wrapped them in sleeping bags. And he left his mother in the attic um, because apparently, I guess she was too heavy to carry down or something. But he wrote a five-page letter to his pastor before he left. Um, and quote in it, in quote, he said, Mother is in the hallway in the attic. She is too heavy to move. Um, quote, end quote. What the hell? Why move them at all? Right. It was weird. For what purpose? I mean... but. In the letter, he also insisted that he had killed his family to save their souls and claimed he was sure they were all in heaven. He killed them to save their souls. He thought that it was sinful for him to lose his job or some... And I don't know what exactly where the connection hit for him, but he thought he was saving them from something he did. But then he killed them. So if this was a visual medium, I'd swear I'm literally my face is this, the gif of that woman with all the math equations. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And and this was also part of the letter in quotes. If things had gone on 
who knows if that would be the case, end quote. That they wouldn't have gone to heaven? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so... What, did they have to buy a ticket? I'm so confused. Like, that's the thing. I think he thought it was just so shameful. And then, like I said, that he was already having issues with his daughter wanting to go off and be an actress. He thought it was sinful and shameful. And then... He saved their souls from damnation because I guess he thought it was so sinful that he, or and so inappropriate that he couldn't provide for his family, so he just killed them. Uh, okay. To save them from whatever in his head. Uh, oh, but okay. Then he proceeded to cut his face out of all the family photos in the house. He turned. Where you pause? I was like, he's slicing his face up. No. Um, he proceeded to cut his face out of all the family photos in the house. I'm sorry. No. I mean... That... After this, nothing surprises me. I don't... Well, honestly, I wouldn't have been shocked either. But, you know, okay. it's just... I mean, that's a lot less dramatic. Not that he's uh, not been a drama king so far, but... Yeah, absolutely. So, he turned on all the lights in the mansion, set the radio over the intercom system to a religious station, and ew, left Ew, ew, yeah. that's fucking gross. And it's creepy. Oh, God, just, like, Amazing Grace with a bunch yeah. of dead bodies in the ballroom. So, yeah, like, oh. yeah, he, t- he, he turned the heat off, he left all the lights on, and put the radio on, and then he left. Ew. Yeah, so, after that, um, pretty much, he left, he went on the lam, and... Honestly, they were a family that kept more to themselves. So the neighbors around them didn't really think anything oh of it. So it wasn't until lights started burning out in the house. Oh, the, my God. They didn't see anybody come in or out or leave or anything like that. That literally they heard the music, and but all the lights were on. So as the lights began to burn out, they started to get suspicious, so that's when they called the police. Oh my god, how long did that take, though? A month. Oh my god. A month. Um, so, it wasn't until a month later that they finally called the police as they kept watching lights burn out in the house and not seeing anybody come and go, not hearing anything at all. Ew. But they kept so much to themselves that nobody checked in on them and they didn't have family, like, other family that... They were oh, all there. God, in a month, they're decomposing on top of the creepy bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, at that point, um, it was just kind of like... It was so odd because he was known for being... Like, John specifically was known for being reclusive and antisocial. He was very quiet. He didn't share his business with people. Um... So that coupled with notes he sent to the children's school saying that the family was going on a vacation ensured that the bodies in the ballroom were not discovered for a month. Oh my so god. So he sent, like, he had it all planned out. Honestly, uh, I'm shocked he didn't try to kill himself because usually with this kind oh, of no, situation. He, he had way too much pride. Oh, well, obviously. Um, way too much. Um, and that's when the neighbor eventually noticed that you know, the lights were on day and night. All the lights were on. Um, no activity in the house besides that creepy fucking music. Um, and when the, that's when the lights began to burn out one by one, that's when the neighbors called All the police, right. found the bodies. So, soon after the bodies were discovered, John's car was found at the JFK International Airport in New York City. 
Um, there was no evidence that he had boarded a flight. There was no trace of him at all. So he just drove to the airport and ran into the woods? What? That's the thing. At this point, they didn't see him again for 17 years. What? 17 years he was on the lam. Well, whatever the fuck he did, he was effective. Um, so... The case really went cold. They couldn't find any trace of him. They looked at, like, you know, this was a mass murder. Like, yeah. Like, he murdered his whole family. And, like, they were looking for him. That was, like, there was a manhunt. Oh, my God. So, did they start a new life? Wait. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. So, in May of 1989. It's my worst nightmare. Yeah, right? So, in May 1989, John's crimes were profiled on America's Most Wanted with John Walsh. Ooh. And a forensic artist named Frank Bender um, made an age-progressed clay bust Fancy. of John List. Like, what he would look like 17 years later. What a skill. Um, like, he kind of, like, looked at photos of mm-hmm. John that were recent, the most recent they had, and, like, kind of aged him. Aged him to what he would look like right. in 1989. Um, and, I mean, it it pretty much hit the nail on the fucking head, and that's what's so scary. That always blows my mind. Um, while that evening, somebody watched the America's Most Wanted episode where he was featured, and, um, they realized, oh my god, that looks like this guy we know named Bob Clark. Oh, shit. So, apparently, he was living in Virginia. And he had moved more southern into Virginia, I believe. And Still not that far if you're gonna run away. Wouldn't you go to like, California or right, something? He's like, he looks like our old neighbor, Bob Clark. And they called the America's Most Wanted hotline and reported this. So... After the episode aired, he was apprehended two weeks later in Virginia. Oh my god, that's crazy. Um, for those 17 years that he was on the lam, um, he had created a whole new life for himself. Dude. So, by- You don't deserve that. Like, right. fuck you. Right. By 1972, after, like, that was like a year after he killed his family- he settled outside of Denver, Colorado. That's where it was. He was living in Colorado okay. and moved to Virginia. Um, Bold. Yeah. And he moved to Colorado, and that's where the neighbor identified him and called America's Most Wanted. Um, so he was living under the name Bob Clark. He found work as a controller at a box-making company. And he remarried in 1985. God, that is literally my worst nightmare. Yeah. And he and his wife relocated to Virginia three years later, where he resumed work as an accountant. I, uh, and when they com- they found him, um, he was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder and received five consecutive life sentences. Did you fucking imagine? Right. Right? I, like, living on the land for 17 years. Like, literally killed your whole family and gone on to live this 
this this life remarried have a good job like nothing ever happened are you fucking kidding me oh my god like that our poor wife our and like can you imagine how my fucking shocked she must have been like you murdered your whole fucking family you could have killed me right you you killed your last wife and here i am just sleeping next to you every damn night like nothing's wrong like you're bob clark you're not john list Whoa. and literally this this was the creepiest thing was um when he had his sentencing um in court the the judge william uh wordheimer he said in quotes johnny meal list is without remorse and without honor after 18 years five months and 22 days it is now time for the voices of helen alma patricia frederick and john f list to rise from the grave oh that gives me chills yeah i just got them too (laughs) um and they they sentenced him to those five consecutive life sentences and it's just like you know i can't imagine like if there was any remaining family how they must have felt finding him oh my god and like getting that well yeah because after a while you're like well maybe he did drive off and kill himself or something you know well yeah you would think like it's like the whole fucking carol baskin thing where she had her late husband like legally declared dead after like a few years yeah like it's surprising that they didn't do the same thing for this man like you would think he like went off and killed himself right you don't like and with with the case like completely cold and then america's most wanted boom it's out there like they find him two weeks later like that's insane that is insane like the clay bust thing like that was the thing that fascinated me most about the forensic files episode was that the clay bust was so accurate down to the type of glasses he wore. You're shitting me. No. No, I'm not. Like, the same... He was wearing the same glasses. I'll have to show you the picture oh, of it. Oh, that's wild. It's fucking crazy. We'll have to see if we can find that for the Instagram. I actually... Hold on. Um, because the bust was what was so popular. Um, so You he, know what? Now that you mention it, I think I, ha- I remember... Yep, there it is. Frank Bender's bust... Oh look, my god. Look how similar it is. That is almost dead on. Right? Right? Like, that's crazy. Um, it'll be on the Instagram if you guys want to check it out. Because, um, like, I think they have it in history. Like, Ew. it's it's in a museum now somewhere. That's so creepy. But he looked like that's... That is unnerving. Right? Y'all Google this right the right the fuck now. It's um Frank Bender's the the John List bust. You can just look it up. Um he's an amazing forensic like artist. Like oh my god, it's it's crazy. Like that's wild. It it's absolutely yeah. Yeah. Um I think it's one of the most fascinating cases. Um What's, like, you know, he was apprehended in 1982. I mean, 1989. I don't know why I said two. Um, but he died in prison in March of 20, 2008, like 2008. He died in 
2008. He was old. He was born in, like, 1925. Oh, yeah, he lived his He lived his whole fucking fucking life, life, dude. Like, it's... It's annoying. Like, I... I I don't know. I don't think, you know... Yeah, he, he died from... Okay, yeah. He died from complications of pneumonia at the age of 82. Um... On March 21st, 2008, while in prison custody. Mm. So, it's, ugh. It's crazy. That's what gets me, though, because what's really interesting about these cases, like, of when a husband pops off and, you know, kills his whole family, the mother is an interesting twist here. Um, Because that one you don't hear much about, like, in in these, like, one-off instances, you know well, what I mean? I think he knew his mother... Like, well, she was there. She was in the way. I guess it's usually because the mother doesn't live with the family. Yeah, the mom was in the way, and he was skimming the money off of her bank account. Yeah. And they didn't want... She, uh, he didn't want any way to be traced. He wanted to get away with this, like, scot-free. Oh, totally. And well, because the one I'm thinking of... Um, oh, my God. What is... Um, it was... The one... The really famous one where they left the cake on the counter. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Oh, my God. Which one is that? Uh, oh, man. That's gonna... Oh, well. But, like... We'll think of it later. <laughs> TBD, I'll probably end up covering it. It's probably on our list anyway. But, like, that, that was another thing. Same situation, like, financial troubles, you know, kind of... It, it don't... It, yeah. Yeah. Because I think in that instance, the daughter, the teenage daughter got away. Yeah. Because she ran over to the neighbor's house. And it's just absolutely crazy, like... The family was so completely blindsided. They were so blindsided because they had no idea anything was going on. They were blissfully unaware and it got them killed. Because he literally orchestrated in his fucked up mind that he had to kill his family to save their souls because of something he did. And it was a pride thing. And I I literally think this man had so much pride that he wanted to sit and say, oh, well, I'm doing them a favor. Instead of... Of course. Yeah. And that's what's disgusting. Like, ugh. But I have a fun fact for y'all. <laughs> um, I thought this one was really funny. <laughs> the word fart is one of the oldest words in the English language. <laughs> it was first written in 1250. All right. I thought that was really funny. I don't know why. <laughs> but fart facts. Uh, fart facts. Yeah, I was just like, I think that was... I had no idea. I thought that was, like, some loose term. Yeah, like, newer. Like, newer term. Like, I thought that was really funny. I don't know. But. Oh, by the way, in case you've heard weird noises the whole time in the background, uh, there's a there's a little pupper snoring behind us. Yeah, she's she's knocked out. She's, make, she's sleeping away. In case you were going, what is that noise? It's the dog snoring. But. I don't even know if you can hear it or not. But, but it's okay. She's cute. So it's all right. Puppy stories. Yes. So I'm gl- I'm glad you were here to learn about farts and true crime and puppy snores. Um, <laughs> so I think that's another episode in the bag. Uh, as always, you can send us an email in our empty little inbox at um, freakygeekypodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at Freaky Geeky Podcast. We post pictures of the cases that we upload and some, you know, just to keep you all updated. 
And, of course, uh, go find our Facebook page, Freaky Geeky Podcast, on Facebook. I said Facebook like three times. Uh, uh, (laughs) And, as always, stay freaky. Stay freaky, y'all.